Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Lionsgate Podcast with Saudi and Omni. I'm Omni. And I'm Saudi. And today's episode is all about breathwork and meditation. If you have mastered meditation and you meditate every day, or if you've never meditated, or if you've tried it a few times and think it's boring, just stick with us. We put a lot of information into this episode. We're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it simple and we're going to keep it fun. I just want to say I've always looked at meditation as a chore, if I'm being honest, and I talk about probably once every episode at least about how I have ADHD and it's really hard for me to focus. After going into deep research on this and trying out a bunch of new things, I'm here to tell you that it's no longer a chore for me. It's very fun. And I thought it was a bad thing to let your mind wander when you meditate. But really, that's part of it. It's gently bringing your mind back to what you're meditating on that is going to help make that muscle stronger. And I never looked at it that way until we started this episode. But it all begins with breath work. Well, everything begins with a breath, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. When a baby's born. Yeah, first thing we do when we're born and the last thing we do when we die. It's the most natural thing that we could ever do. Mm -hmm. So it's really funny when I bring up breath work to people. Some people kind of roll their eyes at me and be like, Mm -hmm. I know how to breathe. I've been breathing my entire Mm -hmm. life. And that's true. Mm -hmm. But there are so many different breath work techniques that are specific to helping people deal with different issues. Mm-hmm. So some breath work, which you'll find out we're going to be talking about, really boosts your energy and it lights a fire within you. It motivates you and it gives you energy. And then there are some breathing exercises that can go really down deep into core wounds that you have and bring them to the surface for healing. There are other breathing exercises that you can do that help you go to sleep. They help with PTSD, anxiety, depression. So yeah, we have a lot of information. We're going to talk about breath work first, and then we're going to jump into meditation. And I really feel like people have a misconception on meditation, and they feel like it has to be one way. A lot of people, as soon as you say meditation, they imagine somebody in lotus pose chanting om. Yeah. You know, and it's boring, and you're just sitting there, and all these thoughts are coming into your mind. But there are so many different ways to get your mind into the meditation consciousness. Yeah. And it's not just sitting still. There's so many different ways, like yoga, chakra meditation, zen meditation, art sun gazing and dance and trance meditation as well. Mm -hmm. But we're going to get deeper into those subjects later. But for right now, I want to start with the breath because that's where everything starts. When we talk about the breath, we're breathing in oxygen. And oxygen is a drug in the truest sense of the word. It is. It's the most addictive drug known to mankind. Mm -hmm. From the second we take our first breath, we're addicted to it and we can't live without it. A baby takes its first breath, and when it does, it's this magical, intense transformation within a child because they go from one form of oxygen to a whole nother form. When their lungs fill up and they get that first burst of air, they usually cry. Yeah, Crying is just energy taking physical form in order to leave the body. Yeah, We can learn so much from just watching babies. And we're taught over years to not cry and mm-hmm. not show our emotion. Babies just do it naturally. They'll kick and scream and five minutes later, they'll be fine. They'll be happy. They'll be running around. Everything's great. Yeah. But we don't do that as a collective. And so we hold those things inside through 
through breathwork, we're able to release it. There was even a breathwork meditation that I heard about a few years ago. You know, when a baby cries or a kid cries or sometimes an adult Mm -hmm. and you get to the point where you're calmed down and you're kind of almost hyperventilating. It's called the three breath exercise. And so what you do is you allow yourself to almost hyperventilate for three breaths. So you breathe in three and then you let it go. Then you breathe in three short breaths and then Mm -hmm. you let it go. And it does something to your nervous system where it just calms you and makes you feel safe. I've not heard of that one. But for my kids growing up, if they ever got hurt, I would have them take three deep breaths in Mm -hmm. and I would breathe with them and I would explain how oxygen helps you feel better. It's Mm -hmm. like a medicine. And to this day, If they're upset or anything, they take deep breaths to help them through. We're going to get into that, too, because Mm -hmm. different breaths do different things for you. Mm -hmm. Slow breaths do one thing. Short, fast breaths do other things. So the way you breathe is actually important. Even though we know how to do it, we've been doing it our whole lives. Well, you think that my mom, who had emphysema, she explained, man, I've been breathing wrong my whole life because Mm -hmm. she had to relearn how to breathe in order to get oxygen into her lungs that were failing her but she lasted 10 years longer than any doctor told her she was going to last so she knew what she was talking about oh i heard an interesting fact though Mm -hmm. did you know that oxygen the air that we breathe is 78 percent nitrogen and only 21 percent oxygen no yeah i was doing some research for this and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) most of what we're breathing in isn't even oxygen plant some more trees But then you have places like Tibet and Ethiopia and the Andes, and they live at really high altitudes. And they've been living in those altitudes for like generations. Mm -hmm. They've literally changed their DNA. They've gone through a genetic adaption. So each breath only has 60% of the oxygen molecules that we have at sea level. Oh, dang. Yeah, so it's crazy. So a lot of times people go to Ethiopia or Tibet or whatever. They have to take breathing lessons to learn how to breathe in the higher altitudes. And a lot of people can't make it. Some people don't make it at all. I know it's harder to breathe. I didn't know it was that hard. You got to train for it. Shit. Mm -hmm. So like I was saying earlier, different types of breath work do different things. So for instance, if you're a beginner and you really need an exercise that helps calm you down pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. There's a breathing exercise called box breathing. And this technique was developed by a Navy SEAL. And it's for people in high stress environments. It turns off the fight or flight response. And it regulates the body temperature, the nervous system, panic attacks, insomnia. And it also helps with pain management. The technique behind it is you breathe in through your nose for four seconds, and then you hold it for four seconds. And then you breathe out of your mouth for four seconds, and then hold that for four seconds. And you just repeat that. If you have problems with high stress environments, You just take a few minutes, do that exercise, and it will shut off connection to that fight or flight response. So for me, probably like three weeks ago, I figured out about the lob method. So longer out breath. I didn't realize that was ever a thing. Mm -hmm. I've been to yoga classes. I've done guided meditations. I didn't realize this was such an easy thing to do, but I can tell you firsthand it really helps for me because it's really hard for me to sit still and focus. If you breathe in five seconds and then you breathe out six seconds, 
and you're about to breathe back in. So it's not like you're going to die. It forces your nervous system to calm down and it works. Right. And then they have different types of breathing exercises mm-hmm. that you do. And it can actually speed up your metabolism. Oh, it can me energize you. <laughs> it just detoxifies you because of the air that you're breathing and the way that you're breathing. It mm-hmm. actually detoxifies your lungs and helps your nervous system and stuff like that as well. But it gives you energy. So different people call it different things. I call it the breath of fire. Um, okay. Some people call it diaphragm breathing. I do it every morning when I wake up. Oh, is this what the Incredible Hulk was doing? I don't know what. <laughs> Where he was like breathing in real fast, where he was like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, so it's almost like hyperventilating. Yeah. But what you're focusing on is your abdomen and diaphragm. Yeah. So instead of breathing with your chest, you're more like pushing out with your stomach. With a lot of breathing exercises, you focus on the in-breath just as Mm -hmm. much as you do the out-breath. But with this type of breathing, you kind of loosen up your stomach and you focus more on the out-breath. I would almost say when people are first starting off, I use my nose to breathe in, but you can pant like a dog. Open your mouth, stick out your tongue, and I know it looks funny, Mm -hmm. kind of pant. And when you're breathing out, allow your stomach to kind of pop forward. Okay. It's that kind of motion. And once you get that down in your stomach, because you're not used to breathing that way. Right. So when you first start, your belly's like, I don't know what to do. Like your diaphragm doesn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. But once you get it, try it for a couple of days, your body will start to adapt to that and you'll get used to it. How long should you try it for? Like 30 seconds, a minute? So when you're first starting off, because it can make you really lightheaded mm-hmm. until you get used to it, I would say start off for like 30 seconds. Okay. And then when you get really good at it, you can go for about 10 minutes or so. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend doing any more than that unless you're in an advanced stage right. of breath work. What does that do again for you? It energizes you. It gives you energy. It also brings you peace and it helps with pain management and things like that. What it mostly does is charge you up. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it's like a fire energy. Is that the one that, that helps with metabolism? <laughs> it does actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. When I do it in the morning, I don't drink coffee or anything mm-hmm. like that. I don't need to. I do the breathing exercise and I'm awake. Hell yeah. That's another one. But it also helps correct breathing patterns. It improves your ability to tolerate intense exercise. So do it right before you exercise too. So say you go to the gym, mm-hmm. do that for like 30 seconds, pump yourself up and then you're going to be able to exercise harder nice. and for longer periods of time. It also builds the abdominal muscles and your core strength. So it's really good for your solar plex. Huh. And that's where your self-esteem and things like that come from. So it's really good for that as well. I'm definitely doing this. And it also releases toxins and chemicals from the cells in your body. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And so I just encourage everybody out there to really think about what they need from their breathing exercises. Do you have anxiety? Do you have depression? Mm-hmm. Do you suffer from panic attacks? Is this something that's long-lasting depression that you have that you need to work through? Or do you just have anxiety every once in a while that you need to get under control, like with what you were talking mm-hmm. about? And then there's breath work that you can do, tantric breath work mm-hmm. that you can do with your partner. Mm-hmm. I think that one's really fun. It increases your sexual energy and it bonds you two together. Yeah, It's a powerful way to connect and exchange sexual energy between partners. Mm-hmm. It builds intimacy and magnetism. I watched a video on a couple doing that, actually. So the girl was like, you don't heat up my oven, if you know what I'm saying, beforehand. And that's why I don't want to have sex with you ever. And she never could get off with him either. Mm -hmm. And so they tried the tantric breath work and stuff. And he cried and had an energetic orgasm. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's better than any orgasm I've ever had. At the end of it, he was like wanting to have a kid. And she's like, I don't want to have a kid with you because you can't even get me off. Um, by the reunion of this, she was pregnant. 
(laughs) because they figured this shit out. And it all started with the breath work. The one that I really like is, and it doesn't matter if you're male or female or whatever the case, the masculine energy is the one who takes the seat, the one that sits on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then the feminine energy sits on top, facing them with your legs wrapped around. And as they're gazing at each other, within a few minutes, naturally, your breath will start beating in rhythm with each other. It will just naturally fall into place. Your chests are connected to each other. Your eyes are connected to each other. And in that position, somehow your body just starts to react and you just start to go into this flow state with them. And then if that's connecting enough, but if you want to take it a step farther, the masculine will start to rock back and forth. And I did this with my husband one time. He was sitting on the floor and you can do this in different positions. You can choose a chair or the floor or a bed with a wall behind you. He started to kind of sway back and forth. and I was kind of gripping him a little bit tighter and I felt like I was going to fall. And he was like, no, just trust me. Yeah. And I was breathing in rhythm with him and he's looking me in my eyes and he's swaying back and forth and he's like, just trust me. I love you. I just melted into that moment Mm -hmm. and I trusted him completely and I just relaxed into that. And it was like one of the most intimate things that we had ever done with each other. That's tantric. So it reminds me of, I was watching the show Married at First Sight and there was this couple and the girl had all of her walls up and she liked her husband, but she takes things very slow. She took forever to even kiss him, to let them hug. So intimacy was really lacking. And one of the doctors on the show gave them an intimacy exercise and it was to lean into each other. So she leaned back on him on the couch and to breathe together mm-hmm. in unison. Yeah. Just syncing up your breath. Yeah. And it worked really well. It brought down her walls and they kissed soon after. So just saying. (laughs) I want to talk about runner's high. Oh, have you ever heard of that before? I've heard about it. It's an urban legend to me because I hate running. So there are so well, the thing is that you don't have to actually run to reach runner's high. Fuck. Yes, you can do. Listen, (laughs) you can do this. Sitting on the floor doing breathing exercises, you oh, can yeah. get to this state of consciousness. Runner's high is this euphoric feeling that a lot of people who exercise heavily or they're runners will experience 15, 20 minutes into their run where they just experience this euphoria. It's this high feeling that they get and they feel amazing. They don't feel any pain. Their mind goes somewhere else and they just feel better. Mind, body, soul. Yeah. I've never gotten to that. And they explain it. Yeah. They explain it (laughs) as like a burst of endorphins released during exercise. Yes. There are a lot of endorphins that get released when you exercise. There's dopamine and other feel-good chemicals that get released into your body. Mm -hmm. There was this professor, and his name was David Linden, and he teaches neuroscience at John Hopkins School of Medicine. He really started looking into the phenomenon of runner's high and the effect on the brain. A lot of people up until that point would call it, yeah, it's the release of endorphins. But his research showed that endorphins do not pass the brain barrier. What does that mean? That euphoric feeling of runner's high is actually due to this process called endocannabinoids. Okay. Breathing induced by this exercise increases the levels of endocannabinoids. So you're basically getting high off your own supply. (laughs) 
<laughs> and just like it sounds, it's a biochemical similar to cannabis, but it's naturally produced by your body. Really? Yeah. And so it breaks that barrier into your brain. Huh. So the runner's high is actually like smoking weed and your body produces it. <laughs> right. And so it's amazing. It releases it into the bloodstream and then it can move easily through the cellular barrier, separating the bloodstream from the brain. Your brain weed. <laughs> right. And so there's these neuromodulators that promote short-term psychoactive effects, such as reduced anxiety, feelings of calm. It's basically like an antidepressant. So if you smoke weed and you release these endocannabinoids into your system, it's just like overdrive. You know how many stoners you're inspiring right now? <laughs> smoke some weed and do some breathing exercises. You don't have to run. You can mimic mm -hmm. through breathing exercises the same effects because it's not really about running you it's about the breath that you're using when you're running you know how many people right now are hitting blends listen to us and they're being like you know what we should do we should go for a run right now no bitches don't go for a run you're gonna get lost because you're high sit your ass down on your couch and do these breathing exercises right exactly so look into yeah. that you guys and studies also show that cannabis enhances runners high so does yoga meditation and breath work or a combination of all three you can get there from your chair and if cannabis is a legal where you live smoke oh, some yeah, mug. i forgot yeah. we're in oregon so <laughs> if it's illegal where you live smoke some mugwort luckily we're in oregon and it's it's legal here speaking about how your body releases drugs mm -hmm. naturally into your system i don't know if you've ever heard of dmt yeah a lot of people haven't but i've read pretty much it. what it is it's called the spirit molecule it's a psychedelic yeah and it's like one of the strongest psychedelics that you could ever take. It's in the same family as LSD, ayahuasca, psilocybin, mm -hmm. salvia. It's categorized in that realm. Doesn't your brain naturally produce yeah, a so little a bit? a lot of people think that your pineal gland, which is in your brain, yeah. is what produces DMT. Right. But that's not true. There oh. are trace amounts that are found in your pineal gland, but the most amount of DMT that's created in your body is from your lungs. Oh, shit. Yeah. DMT is found in pretty much anything in nature, like animals and plants and... Like tree bark, right? Well, they make ayahuasca from a certain kind of tree bark. Oh, okay. But DMT is found in pretty much anything. It's in your amniotic fluid. That's what you're swimming around in. Fuck yeah. You know? That's <laughs> um, why babies are mad when they come out. <laughs> Right. It's like a transition from realms. Recent studies have shown that it's not from the pineal gland. It's actually from the lungs is where you produce the most amount of it. Wow. So yeah, DMT is usually vaped or smoked and in clinical studies because they've done a lot of clinical studies on mm -hmm. it. They inject it. But you can, it's called kundalini breath work and yoga. You can actually release mass amounts of DMT from your lungs through breathing exercises that can actually make you hallucinate and you can tap into the spirit realm through doing that without ever taking a drug. I've never taken DMT. I want to try that. Yeah, you can get there <laughs> through breathing exercises. It's more of yeah. an advanced stage, but you can do it. I was just watching a video about how they're doing clinical studies on DMT. They're basically mapping out the spirit realm oh, through it. yeah, I yeah. heard about that. And they are doing that because when people do DMT, people talk about different 
realms mm-hmm. and they're identical to what different people are talking about. Yeah, they're all saying the same thing. There's a jester mm-hmm. realm and there's an angelic realm and there's all these different realms. Mm-hmm. They're usually high levels into these people mm-hmm. because usually a trip only lasts maybe 10, 15 minutes yeah. if you're lucky. And they're injecting these people and keeping them there for hours. Yeah, so that they can all map it out. Uh-huh. They're all coming back with the same things. I know, I love that. Yeah. It's so interesting to me. One of the last ones that I want to talk about, holiotropic breathwork. And this is a kind of breathwork that you can do on your own. I accidentally did this on my own before and I probably shouldn't have because I had a really traumatic reaction to it. But they have classes where they have a facilitator and they're guiding you through the whole thing. It's a 12 hour class for two to three hours. You're the person that breathes. And then you have somebody there with you who is your babysitter, your support system if you need somebody to support you. And then you have the facilitator who is teaching you how to breathe and they're playing a certain kind of music. So it induces this trance-like state and each person's experience is unique. Yeah, You can't be told about the experience. You just have to go through the process and it gives you the most important experience that you need specifically at the moment. There are some people that go through this and they start off and they're just hysterically laughing and Mm -hmm. they can't stop laughing. You might start crying. Some people can be super calm through the entire thing some people rage some people end up rolling around on the ground and moaning and crying and really processing it from a cellular level deep toxic pain and trauma that they've been through and they're releasing it in a safe and healthy environment Mm -hmm. with support there and then after they're done then they switch with that person who held space for them. And then that person goes into their breath work and has their experience. So did you look up a YouTube video and do this at home? No. I'm so curious, sorry. (laughs) So I found out about this, and this was a few years ago. I was experimenting with different breathing techniques. I found the breath of fire. And I was like, well, I'm going to meditate today. I'm going to mix breath of fire with some really slow breathing and just do combinations with myself. And I was not expecting the result that I got. It was pretty shocking. And I really wish that I would have done it in a supportive environment or at least had a loved one there with me that could have guided me through it. Because when I came out of it, I was in shock, kind of woke up out of it on the floor, shaking, crying. It was super intense for me. And that's what made me start researching it because I was like, what What the fuck (laughs) happened? I was just breathing. Yeah. Breath is and, powerful. Um, it's extremely powerful. Yeah. I guess I can tell the story of what happened because mm-hmm. I love you guys. We're all family, right? Yeah. And maybe me explaining what happened to me can give other people a heads up on what might end up happening to them. And like I said earlier, everybody's experience is unique when they do this process. Like I said, I was just going to test out different breathing exercises on myself. It was in the middle of the day on like a Tuesday or something. Yeah. I was not on any kind of alcohol or drugs or anything like that. It was just the middle of the day and I decided to do some meditation. So as I was breathing about 15 minutes into the exercise, I started to feel myself go into a trance state and it felt really good at first. And I remember within a few seconds, it went from feeling really good to feeling really bad and negative. And it almost felt like I had a weighted blanket on top of me. And that kind of felt comfortable. But then the blanket started getting heavier and heavier Mm. and heavier. And it started to feel like it was suffocating me and I couldn't breathe at all. Instantly, a thought came to my mind. 
uh, a traumatic event that happened to me. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give a little trigger warning right here. If anybody is sensitive to abuse or sexual assault or anything like that, go ahead and skip through two or three minutes. But if you're still listening, my mind instantly flashed back to a situation that happened to me like 15, 16 years ago. There was a friend of mine who always came into my job. He was security guard. He was about 450 pounds, really nice guy. And every once in a while, we would get off work together and I would stop by his house. And some of the other co-workers would also do the same. He only lived like two minutes from me. Mm-hmm. So I could hang out over there, play video games, have a beer, whatever, after work. And then I could go home to my kids. So I had done that about three times in a year period of time. And one night he came into the restaurant. He was like, hey, are you going to stop by the house on the way home? And I was like, oh, no, it's a school night tonight. I got to get my kids up early. And no, I'm not going to come. And he kind of opened up to me and he was like, you know, with my weight, I haven't had a girlfriend in over like five years. And he's like, I get so lonely. You know, I don't want to put pressure on you because it's not like that. But is there any way you would ever come over and just hold me and cuddle me? Because I don't even remember what that feels like. And I got to thinking about it and I was like, this is a cool guy. I yeah. like him. I trust him 100%. And yeah, I would cuddle with him. Yeah. And so I was like, why well, can't today? Because I'm in my work uniform. I don't have a change of clothes. And he's like, I wear a 5X. I'll give you one of my t-shirts and you can just wear like a nightgown. And so I was like, okay, but I can probably only stay for like 20, 30 minutes because I have to get my kids up this morning. I went over there, didn't think anything about it. He threw me a t-shirt. I went in the bathroom, put it on, jumped up in bed with him. And he was like, can I just spoon you? And I was like, yeah. So I rolled over on my side. He wanted to be the big spoon. It was almost instantaneously. I rolled over on my side and within seconds, he flipped me over onto my stomach and my face was in the pillow And he put his whole body weight on top of me. It was like 450 pounds of body weight. And he was completely on top of me. And I realized he didn't have pants on. Oh, no. So instantly I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Is he just trying to get on the other side of the bed? All these things were rushing through my head. And then after about a minute and a half, two minutes, all the air was out of my body. I couldn't even get a breath in. And I heard some plastic. And I was like, that's a condom this is how I'm going to die. You know, I was like terrified. And he leaned up a little bit off of me and I was able to get like a little bit of air in my lungs. And I said, my neck's going to break. I can't breathe because it did feel like my neck was going to break the position I was in. And he lifted up off of me. And I was like, I want to do this. I do, but I have to use the bathroom so bad. And I was able to say that to him. But inside my brain, I was like screaming, oh, my God, I have to get out of here. This yeah. is like the most terrifying thing ever. And so he was like, didn't you just use the bathroom? And I was like, no, I just put my shirt on. Like, I have to go or I'm going to like pee in your bed. Like, let me use the bathroom. I'll be right back. And he let me up. I walked really casually to the door. As soon as I hit the door, bolted down the stairs. His brother and his friends were out there. I didn't even look at them. I just like ran through the door, grabbed my purse, left my uniform, my work shoes, everything up there and never looked back. I got in the car, I went home and I didn't even cry. I was just like thinking to myself, whoa, that was a close call. Like he almost got me. Like, holy shit. I feel like I was just in shock. And then I got home and I had to feed my kids breakfast and get them ready for school. And then I passed out. 
And I never could really process that. Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, well, he didn't get me. I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't tell the cops. I was just glad to be away from him. And then I put it out of my mind. Did you still work with him? He was a security guard that would come into my restaurant late night. So I never worked with him. He was just a customer. Did he ever come back after Never that? came back in after that. Never. And I was just getting out of an abusive relationship, marriage too. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, that's just one thing I don't even want to deal with. So for mm-hmm. some reason, I didn't ever really process it. Mm-hmm. So now we fast forward. I'm in my living room on the couch doing like breath work. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was a weight on top of me. And instantly I was transported back to that place where I couldn't breathe and there was somebody so heavy on top of me and I was like well this is it he's just gonna do what he wants and I couldn't move and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't fight and I couldn't scream and even when I could breathe I had to hide that and be like oh I just have to use the bathroom I'll be right back so I never got to do what I needed to do so in this moment I felt like I was in two different places so I knew that I was on my couch in my living room and I was safe but I also felt like I was there and it was happening at the same time. I was reliving it. And I don't know where this came from, but I felt like some kind of demon goddess <laughs> in her rage. And when I could feel his pressure on top of me, I just pushed up and he flew off of me. And I got on top of him like with nails in his face. And I'm like, fuck you like nasty motherfucker I was like screaming at him and then he was looking up at me with fear you took your power back I took my power back from that and I didn't even really realize what was happening to my physical body at the time and when I came out of it I was hyperventilating I was crying I had tears on my t-shirt that's how hard I was crying and I was on the floor and I came up and I'm like what the fuck just happened to me yeah like one minute I'm breathing and everything's cool the next minute like I'm in this weird vortex of trauma right yeah and then I got up and I got myself a glass of water and I was thinking to myself first of all I don't know how that happened because I can imagine this if I'm super drunk or on a really strong psychedelic but I was completely sober yeah then I was thinking holy shit I've been carrying around that weight for 15 fucking years 450 pounds of that weight I had no idea I never talked about it anymore Mm -hmm. I never brought it up it didn't even come up in my consciousness at all I blocked it it's sad how many people have gone through similar situations and we just shove it down right so through this (laughs) through this holiotropic breath work Mm -hmm. that's what it can do to you Mm -hmm. and I felt so much better and I was thinking to myself how proud I was of myself Mm -hmm. for going through that but then when I found out what the holiotropic breath work was all about I was like okay now I see why they you should do this in a controlled situation because you don't know what's going to come out right and I'd been through a lot of trauma a lot of people have been through serious trauma in their life to me that was a blank to me that was something that wasn't even registering in my mind as something I needed to process or release from my energetic system right thank you for sharing that I think that's important I do I think it's an important story for people to hear and to know that there's things they can do to process not necessarily having to go pay for a therapist or and sometimes that's not enough Mm -hmm. people that are like seriously trying to go through a hard situation they talk to a therapist for an hour once a week sometimes that's not enough and they there's different techniques they tell you to scream into a pillow or kick or write it down exactly sometimes that's not enough sometimes you have to go deep deep inside your subconscious and your energetic system and you have to force it out.
And then other things that people wouldn't even think about with breath work would be wind instruments. Because I remember I used to play the flute when I was little. Mm -hmm. And at first I really hated it because I would get dizzy and I didn't really like it. But as I kept practicing and time went on, I really enjoyed it because I was learning how to use my breath. Mm-hmm. Well, me growing up singing, I, oh, it was, yep. yeah, it was really hard for me to project. And then when I learned how to use my diaphragm better and practice and be in my room by myself and just belting it out, it's very powerful. Right. And like different instruments help you breathe in different ways. Mm-hmm. I know you laughed last time I talked about didgeridoo. No, it's, <laughs> it's like, what like the fuck's a didgeridoo? <laughs> So it's the Aborigines, yeah. the indigenous Australians use it. And I just found out recently that only men are supposed to do it. But I bought one and I loved it and I learned how to play it. We're gender fluid here and <laughs> Saudi's tapping into her divine masculine. So right? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that kind of breathing, it's what's called circular breathing. Mm-hmm. So you're breathing air through your nose while simultaneously pushing air out of your mouth. How do you even do you, that? You can do it. I was you just can do like, it. And especially when you have the instrument to help you. So you can practice different breathing exercises. And even if you just buy like a harmonica. I'm trying to do it right now. A recorder now or something like that. <laughs> But when you're doing the didgeridoo, you kind of lap your lips, too, and you hold air within your cheeks. And it's this whole thing. And it's hard to get at first. But once you get it, you go into this flow state with it. And really? It, and the sound is so therapeutic. It's really tribal. And it's amazing kind of sound. Yeah, I think I Googled too. it last time you brought it up because I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, but it has a positive effect on your throat and your lungs and your respiratory health, your breath control and muscle coordination. Mm-hmm. So pick up an instrument yeah i mean breath work controlling pain makes sense because lamal's classes when you're right giving birth and stuff to and that's control exactly the what they're doing yeah they're teaching you how to breathe to relieve the pain and so. i didn't go to lamal's classes but i sure did breathe <laughs> i oof. i held my breath yeah i, would I get a too. contraction and i would just hold my breath and i wouldn't breathe and they're like um you can't do that the baby stops breathing <laughs> oh <laughs> shit i didn't know that that's what well, fuck give me some drugs uh, yeah i went through three days of labor and then i was finally like give me a epidural i don't care mm-hmm. i was having a migraine on top of back control contractions the breathing didn't help me at the time because i didn't take lamaze classes so Mm -hmm. before we wrap up breath work and get into the meditation part of the episode one of the techniques i ran into that i haven't really had a chance to try for myself yet but this may help other people when you're trying to focus and do breath work you can try alternating nostrils which i found really interesting i was like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try that sometime and it helps basically create an anchor And when you're meditating, some people, and I find this helpful for me at least, they tend to like an anchor. And what an anchor is, it's something for your mind to come back to. So when you're in a meditative state, like I said at the beginning of this episode, it's completely natural for your mind to wander. Mm -hmm. And I was always very hard on myself because that's all my mind does. But let's say you're listening to a drum or you're repeating a mantra in your head, even your breath work. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I do. I I go back to my breath. Yeah. When your mind starts to wander, like, did I leave the stove on? Mm, Because that will happen. Yeah. Especially when you're in the beginning stages Mm -hmm. of learning how to meditate, your mind is going to think the worst. Oh, did I lock the door? Did I turn off the stove? Yeah. You're not used to it. It's like your brain's way of being like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be silent. I like to go on all the freaking time. Right. Yeah, you think stuff and the process of finding your anchor is being like, you know what, let that go. I can check it in 10 minutes. Like a mindful meditation. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about mindful meditation. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's where you let your thoughts wander and then you bring them back. 
And you're like, okay, that's fine. That was a weird thought. But I'm just going to let it go. And I'm going to come back to whatever your anchor is, right? So yeah. mine's usually my breath. So I'm like, okay, let me come back to my breath. I'll take a couple deep breaths. I never knew that's what mindful meditation was. I was just like, oh, you're being mindful while you meditate. I didn't. And see, that's what a lot of people think. And that's why I'm so fucking excited to do this episode. <laughs> because there are so many different ways to meditate besides the normal meditations that you hear about. Yeah. And it's not a chore. And I can't wait to talk about some of these. Some oh my of these gosh. are going to be like, that's meditation. Yes. Yeah, it's meditation. So meditation is usually thought about like sitting crisscross applesauce mm -hmm. in a room with your hands up doing um, which is perfectly fine. And yeah, some people prefer that. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of benefits from doing that type of meditation, mm -hmm. but you don't have to meditate that way. No. Some people prefer to lay down when they meditate because the flow of energy circulates through them easier when they don't have their legs crossed. That's me. Right. I like to lay down when I meditate as well, but you don't even have to do that. There are meditations that you can do where you can dance yep it's called trance meditation mm -hmm. and you can get to these altered states of consciousness through dancing it dates back thousands of years oh yeah i think every culture has a sort of tribal dance mm -hmm. and we've talked about how when little babies are born and they oh, hear yeah. music the first thing they do is dance yeah it's, it's instinctive within yeah. us to be able to dance mm -hmm. Trance dance allows the mind to empty itself through the healing power of unedited movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, all over the world, mm -hmm. every single culture that you look at, whether it's African or indigenous or Druid Celtic, mm -hmm. Native Americans, any culture that you look back on, they had ancient dances that they do. Mm -hmm. Some cultures still do. And it puts you into a trance state. Some of these have been passed down through generation after generation. Some of them dance as a form of worship mm -hmm. to activate energy and make contact with the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. There are ritualistic trance dances that they do as a community, right? And it puts everybody into a trance altered state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for the shamans and the healers. The entire tribe is involved in these ritualistic dances honoring culture and ancestors, gods and goddesses, deities. They're used for magical purposes and rites of passage. Mm -hmm. And we can do that too in our own home. Yeah. You know how they say it's like nobody's watching. Yeah. If we put on some tribal beats or some kind of trance meditative music yeah. and we let ourselves go, I like to blindfold myself because uh, that's how I go deeper within myself. Mm -hmm. And you just start ecstatic dancing. There doesn't have to be any rhyme or reason to it. Like you were saying, babies just naturally know how to dance. They're expelling that energy from themselves. Yeah. And that's what we can do as well. So if you're not the type of person that wants to sit down mm -hmm. and be still, dance. Yeah, you don't have to. Allow that movement. Dance for like 5, 10, 15 minutes. Maybe put a blindfold on. Blast the music if you want to. And you will eventually fall into a trance state and it'll be an altered state of consciousness which activates the exact same parts of the brain as when you're sitting down doing a meditation. Yeah. They've done research and brain scans on shamans and people who have been meditating for years and years and years that different parts of their brain activate and light up during meditation. Those same parts activate and light up when you're in trance meditative state from trance dancing. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of poi dancers or even belly dancers. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's kind of memorizing mm -hmm. with people who watch it. It almost puts you in a trance state when you're watching a belly dancer. Yeah. You're right. Snake charmers, mm -hmm. how they get in a meditative state with mm -hmm. the snakes. 
And it's really crazy, too, because I've taken belly dancing lessons mm-hmm. before, and I've tapped in that way with belly dancing. And I just recently found out that the Celtic and Druids had a very similar type of dance. Mm-hmm. And I'm half Irish. And so I was like, well, I should probably tap into my genetic lines. Yeah. When I found that, I was like, that's beautiful. Yeah. I want to learn how to do that. But these festivals and people that get out there and they're being tribal and they're beating drums and they're barefoot on the earth and they're stomping and screaming and yelling, letting out this energy and going into these altered states of consciousness. Like the indigenous people and the pagans, they beat drums and stuff like that as their ritual. And I was reading that if you think about it, thunder. There's a theory that says that thunder is alerting the trees and the ground and the root system Mm -hmm. below it that rain is coming and I need you to be fertile. And this is a time for growth and rebirth and things like that. So the thunder lets out this loud crashing sound that alerts earth to what's going to be happening and what's expected of it. So when you have these people that are indigenous and they're tribal and they're doing it for a certain reason, Mm -hmm. for a good harvest. A rain dance. And they're doing this ritualistic dance that's been passed down and they're beating drums and they're stomping their feet on the earth. It sounds a lot like thunder. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So I really like that concept, alerting the ground that this is what's coming and this is what's expected of you. And it's this communication between the human and the earth. When I meditate, I like to be in the bath. And I've talked about that in the past mm-hmm. on here. And I always put my head halfway underwater, even when I'm floating in a lake or something. Mm-hmm. I'll keep my mouth and my nose above and my ears below. And it taps into my heartbeat. One way I have been really successful with meditation is in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And so that's my go-to spot until now, until I have all these other techniques to try out. I'm super excited. Right. But unknowingly, that was my anchor. I'm sitting there. I have my eyes closed. I'm focused on whatever. Like when I try to find my spiritual name, that is something I did. And my own heartbeat is what brought me back. I can't wait for you to do sensory deprivation. Oh, tank. I know. We keep you think saying- you can hear your heartbeat in the bathtub. Wait till you get into the sensory yes. deprivation tank. It's incredible. Yeah. Because all your senses are so heightened. Mm-hmm. So basically you doing the bath is like a mini version of the deprivation tank. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's another way to do it. That's another mm-hmm. way to meditate. That's been my go to but now I have so many more techniques to try I'm so excited (laughs) and yeah like you know dancing is a way to free yourself from your own ego because when you get lost in a dance and you're dancing like nobody's watching and you don't care and you enter this more authentic and deep state of consciousness you lose ego Mm -hmm. within that as well and it unlocks deep-rooted pain and trapped energy that you have inside of you. Mm-hmm. If you're dancing and thrashing and mosh pitting, <laughs> whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that comes to you to do, you're going to be releasing a lot of trapped energy within yourself. That's and awesome. you're going to feel better after. Dance is beyond language. It's the universal language. It's a form of communication. You're speaking and you're communicating through a different frequency. And 
I'm not trying to shame anybody that's listening, but I've done this myself. Mm -hmm. When my kids were little, I kind of heard about meditating and stuff like that. I really wasn't where I am right now for sure. And I would make up excuses like, oh, it's boring or I can't sit still Mm -hmm. or I can't sit for too long because I have kids. I don't have time for that. Same. So you can actually bring your kids into meditation with you and you can be teaching them the skills that they're going to need when they get older. So you can make it really fun, like even brushing their teeth. Say you have a little kid and for two minutes while they're brushing their teeth and they're looking in the mirror, you could say mantras to them. And that puts them in a trance light meditative state. They're brushing their teeth. They're focusing on themselves or like what's going on around them. And they hear their parents' voice speaking a mantra to them for two minutes. And when that's over, it's done. Yeah, because when you're meditating, you can also chant and do mantras. Mm -hmm, Exactly. I know with Reiki, they do mantras and chanting in Reiki mm-hmm. when they're doing their energy work and when they're meditating. It's right. like built into it. And I thought that was kind of a cool concept because I never think to do that when I meditate. I think about being quiet. But when you're doing chants or whatnot, now that I've done the research I've done, I realize, yeah, that's meditation. <laughs> so it's actually called mantra meditation. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So it's practiced all over, but the one that I'm more knowledgeable about is the Hindu practice of it. The way that I've been taught is to use their language when I'm speaking the mantras. So mm-hmm. that's where you get um and so hum and things like that. These are little mantras that you speak in a different language. Now, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can speak mantras in your own language, but that's how I've been taught to do it. And the reason behind that is because not to say anything bad about the English language, But it's a newer energy. It's a newer language. Mm -hmm. If you even learn how to do mantras in any different language, it amplifies the power of that. And especially if you go back and you find the most ancient, like the Chinese language is 6,000 years old. Latin, you have Sanskrit, which is like four or 5,000 years old. Mm-hmm. Hebrew and Egyptian, Sumerian, Hawaiian, and other indigenous languages. If you go back and you have a mantra and you know what it means and you're saying it in a different language, it gives it more power. Yeah. And it also teaches your brain, you're like, oh, you're speaking this different language we're in meditation mode now. So it's an on switch when you start speaking that mantra to yourself. And then you can use your breath work with the mantras. Mm -hmm. Say you're doing a mantra, you can speak it in English or any different language. For this, I'll use English. You can use each word as a breath. Okay. Let's say, for instance, I say, I will have a good day while I'm breathing in. I think I will have a good day. And then as I'm breathing out, I will think because it's my choice and will. Mm -hmm. And so that's six out. So I'm breathing six in and I'm breathing six out. And I'm saying this over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. to myself. And so that's keeping me from my mind drifting other places. Yeah. Because I'm thinking it or I'm saying it out loud. With the type of meditation that I do, I actually speak 
the word on my out breath oh, and try okay. to keep it for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. In the simplest terms, you can use om. And you hear people that take a deep breath in and then they slowly say om and they keep the om as long as they possibly can yeah. on the out breath. And you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, the lob method, longer out breath. So that's an ancient way of meditating. I actually have a little story. Okay. okay. Recently, I got dental work done. And I have always been terrified of the dentist. I had a really traumatic (laughs) experience when I was 20 living in Chicago and I went to a back alley dentist for a toothache. So I didn't go for a really long time. And I have been going for the last few years and I went to this one and I've gotten to the point where they put the sunglasses on and they shine the light in my face. And because I've been working on meditations and whatnot, I picture myself in a happier place. My happy place is the beach. So when they put the glass on me and I close my eyes and that spotlight goes on me, I just imagine it's the sun and I'm on the beach. And that helps calm my nerves. I still have a lot of anxiety. I can still feel my handshake and all of that. But this last time, since I learned about longer out breath, doing research for this episode, I sat there for an hour and a half of dental work. That's a long time to get your (laughs) dental work done. Yeah, she was amazing. She goes, you're doing so great. She Mm -hmm. was, if you weren't such a great patient, I wouldn't be able to get all that work done. She asked me what I was doing because I said I used to be really scared of the dentist. And she's like, how did you sit there the whole time? Part of me is like, did I have another choice? But (laughs) I said, well, I told her about me and visualizing that I'm on the beach. And she said, oh, I'll share that with other people. And I said, and I just learned about longer out breath because it makes your nervous system, it forces it to calm down. Mm -hmm. And for somebody that's been so terrified of the dentist and sits in that chair, even though I can envision being on the beach my hands still shake Mm -hmm. my heartbeat still pounding out of my chest through that hour and a half by practicing that breath work Mm -hmm. and focusing on it I was not shaking and that's why it's like so important to figure out what type of breath work yes is specific for your needs yeah like with you going to the Mm -hmm. dentist you have anxiety do that type of breath work that specifically targets anxiety in situations like that. Yeah. Prepare yourself. You don't want to do the wrong kind of breath work right before you yeah, go to Don't the do dentist, tantric. You know That'd be weird. <laughs> don't do tantric. <laughs> don't do the breath of fire. You don't yeah. want to be anxious, you know, not being able to sit still. So yeah, that's and really cool. I'm just amazed that I used it in an actual scenario in my life. And it worked. And it worked. That's what's up. And then there's other forms of meditation as well. I don't know if you've ever heard of prayer beads. Mm-hmm. Rosary beads. I've made some rosary beads. And Oh, you did. I remember yeah. that out of roses. That was yeah. cool. But in Hinduism, they do 108 prayer bead. Mm-hmm. I have a few different pairs. I wore these today so I could show you what they look oh, like. Oh, that's right. You told me you had them on. The ones I have on right now are made of lotus seeds. Oh. I don't really wear them out in public very yeah. much because they're a sacred thing that I usually just keep close to me, but I wanted to show yeah. what they look like. That's so cool. The basis of 108 is it represents the universe and the wholeness of creation and the consciousness that we're all one. 108 in Hinduism represents the units of distance between our body and the God within us. That's beautiful. The way that I meditate with my prayer beads is I start from the beginning and then I go around. I hold them in my right hand and then I use my middle finger and my thumb and I take a breath in while I'm holding one and as I breathe out, I slip my fingers down to the second bead and I go all the way around the beads until I reach the end. That's 108 and I'm done with my meditation. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So something physical in your Mm -hmm. hands to help you anchor you kind of. And you're counting as you're doing it. You're counting one and you say it two, 
And once you get comfortable with that, you can add in words of affirmation, you can add in mantras and things like that as you do it. You can say something like, I am whole as I am, or something like that as you're going down the line because there's 108 beads. And so you know when you get to the end, you're done. You've done it 108 times. So I really like that technique too because some people fidget a lot. They're like, I can't meditate, I can't stay still. And they don't really want to dance for whatever reason. They just don't feel like doing that sort of meditation. It doesn't resonate with them. It's like a fidget spinner Yeah, for meditation. You get your prayer beads and you have your mantra that Mm -hmm. you want to do something that's going to empower you or calm you down. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, Pink, the singer, she does this thing where she takes her middle finger and Mm -hmm. she taps it on her forehead. Yeah, I've heard of that. She seems like she has ADHD, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she seems like somebody that's fidgety and whatnot, Mm -hmm. like me. And I try that sometimes. It brings like your center to awareness to the third eye in the middle of your forehead. And then there's a simple word. I use Shanti. I say mm-hmm. Shanti, Shanti. And what that means is peace. Oh. And that's in a 4,000-year-old language. So as I'm doing my prayer beads, if I want to calm down, I'll say Shanti and I'll just go around 108 times when I'm done. I am cool. Yeah. I am at peace or whatever it is I want to say. And you just do it repetitively. I love that. So if anybody's stressing or anxious or angry or feeling any feelings that bring you away from the feeling of being authentic and living in joy, which is the point of this all then there's different techniques to get you there at any time of the day. You don't have to go jump in the bathtub for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can if you want to. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you're led to do. Yeah. And you have the time. If that's what resonates with you too. And you can start off as one thing. So maybe you're like, okay, I'm going to get some prayer beads and I'm going to fidget spin this prayer bead while I do my mantra. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm going to learn to meditate. Or when I first started meditating, I did guided meditations. I still do. Yeah. I would go on YouTube when I first started to learn because I didn't know how to do it my mind would wander and I couldn't stay focused mm-hmm. and I couldn't bring myself back to my breath I ended up falling asleep half the time yeah I started doing guided meditation mm-hmm. and sometimes I would still fall asleep and that's okay yeah you can do that or sometimes you can get bored with it and you're like oh I don't want to do this anymore I wanted to go do something else that's yeah. fine as well and you can do it for 10 minutes at a time you can find a five minute meditation and it's guided so it walks you through it and you can say five ten minute guided meditation for stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. or you can do it for meeting your higher self connecting you to nature or whatever the case getting grounded yeah you can pick whatever one you want and then you can have somebody else guide you through it real quick yeah and even though or my techniques have become more advanced because I've been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. Today, I threw on a 30-minute guided meditation. Yeah. I had a really busy morning. I was starting to feel like a little bit stressed out, and I knew that I had more to do today. And I was like, okay, cool. I have 30 minutes. I'm going to go lay down, throw on this little meditation. And once it was over, I was fine. Yeah. And I was refreshed. It's like I hit the reset button, Mm -hmm. and I was back up and ready to start the rest of my day. That's something somebody else had brought up that when I was doing research where they were like, if you're tired and you feel like you need a nap, you probably just need to take a pause and meditate yeah and it's so much better than a nap Mm -hmm. because when I take an actual nap I wake up so groggy and I can't sleep at night but if you just take a 20-30 minute meditation and close your eyes and let yourself drift off that's really empowering yeah Um, it's a power power nap nap, yeah (laughs) jinx (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and then so there's more than just one way to do it 
nobody is saying that, okay, if you're using this technique today that you have to stick with that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You can jump around and do all different things. Yeah. There's the chakra meditations and the Zen meditations and the dance trance meditations. Mm-hmm. You can use water as a conductor and take baths like you mm-hmm. do. Well, you mentioned chakras right there. Well, yeah, when you're doing the chakra meditation, it's like if you know what your seven or 12 chakras are that you're going to be working on, you kind of like start from the base mm-hmm. and you work your way up yeah. to the top of your head. I had started with root chakra because it's the grounding one Mm -hmm. and that's the bottom one and I was asking how would you meditate and you said with colors mm-hmm. and I thought that was so cool that was such a yeah, cool yeah you can concept. even eat like all red foods or yeah. wear red clothes when I'm meditating and I'm doing my root chakra you can even just stare at something red yeah for like 15 minutes while you're doing your meditation it's more of a visual thing so you can open your eyes and close your eyes and stuff like that but if you're looking at the color red it can help with that just going outside, you guys. Go outside and sun gaze. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes even on a sunny day and put your feet on the earth mm-hmm. and feel like you're absorbing the energy from the earth. And that is a form of meditation. And some people wait until sunset and then you can stare at the sun at sunset or sunrise, right? You don't have to stare directly at the sun. You can close <laughs> your eyes and stare in that direction. And those light energy codes mm-hmm. are going to penetrate. Yeah. And they're going to reach the cells in your body and your mind. and. It's Especially when it's cold and wintry outside. If Mm -hmm. there's one sunny day, go out there and get that vitamin D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's that way of doing it too. Just go sit outside for a little bit. Watch a fish tank. That's a form of meditation and art, right? Oh, yes. Say you really like to do art. Or maybe you've never fucking done art before in your life. Get some paints, get a canvas. Mm -hmm. Totally submerge yourself into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Turn on some classical music or some meditative music Mm -hmm. or something that doesn't really have a lot of words. So you can kind of put yourself into that more trance-like meditative state. I'm an artist and I've literally said the only time I don't have 15 tabs running in my brain mm-hmm. is when I'm drawing. When yeah, I'm drawing, when you're I drawing, you are in a form of meditation. Yeah. And also this one's really good for people who are maybe not an artist, but they want to be more creative. Remember when you're a little kid and you're just like on the floor coloring and you're mm-hmm. laying on your stomach and everything is right in the world. That's a form of meditation. Yeah. And you're doing it naturally as a child. Yeah. And they have mandala coloring books and stuff like that for adults. And they calm you down and they make you feel safe. And it kind of brings you back to that energetic feeling that you had when you were a little kid coloring your yeah. book and nothing else mattered and you were completely tuned into what you were doing. And the patterns of the mandalas, they're usually in the shape of actual sacred geometry and things oh, like that. that's cool. And so as you're drawing, you're tapping into sacred geometry. Dang. It's also really good for teenagers who are I going through like puberty that. and a lot of stress, <laughs> things that are on their mind and they're a little bit too old for a coloring book, but something like this would be perfect for them. I need to get some of those myself. Oh, and then just listening to sounds of nature Mm -hmm. and whales and dolphins. Really? Yeah. I think dolphins are annoying. Okay. Well, if you think (laughs) dolphins, that's fine too. Everybody's different. Even though I laugh like one. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You fucking do. I'm always going to hear a dolphin now. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, No, but the sound of whales too. Their frequency goes everywhere from 30 hertz to 8,000 hertz. And there's a lot of their 
tones that humans can't even hear. Really? Yeah, it's off the chain. But they give you a sense of peace and calmness just listening to the sounds of them. Waves crashing or rain or whatever it is that you're tapped into. You put that on, it will send you into a meditative state. It will help you with that. Yeah. If you don't want to have a guided meditation, just have something in the background. And nature is a really, really good one. Well, I mean, if you have the ability to go meditate outside on a beach or something, not everybody has that ability. But Mm -hmm. if you have the ability to... Yoga is a big thing too. And I say yoga, and I'm going to just say that really loosely, because I say I get up every morning and I do yoga. Yeah. I do some yoga poses, but I'm not really doing the hardcore yoga exercises that you see in classes and stuff like that Uh necessarily. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I call it yoga, but it's more of just stretching. It's more just I wake up, I do my breath work, I get on the floor and I do stretching exercises. I'm tapping back into my body. Yeah. When you're stretching, it is a form of meditation, Mm -hmm. especially when you're connecting with every single muscle that's being pulled and moved Yeah, and the direction that you're going into. So even if you're not going to do full-blown yoga, Mm -hmm. stretch. Muscle isolation is a way to get into a meditative state as well. Exactly. When I was younger, I read a book on astral projecting and that's something it talked about and it stuck with me. So if if you're laying down and you're feeling like your body starts to itch or like your muscles are not relaxing, what you can do is start at your toes, tighten them up real tight, count to five, let them go. And then move your way up your body with muscle isolation and that helps your body relax. Mm In episode eight, we talked about healing vibrations and frequencies because there's different hurts. So you can also listen to certain frequencies in tandem to what you're meditating for. So if I'm like, wow, I need some healing done, I'm going to listen to 285 hertz. It's free. Go on Spotify and type in 285 hertz healing music. Turn that baby on. It'll help. Higher Self is one that I've used, which is 963 hertz. And then love, I always listen to this when I'm feeling really down and I'm wanting to bring some peace. 528 hertz is love. So not only can you get up and dance, but you can also listen to certain music. And there are artists out there that have music out in certain frequencies. You always hear the phrase, clear your mind. Oh, I hate that. That puts too much pressure on you. You can't clear your mind. What you do is focus your mind. So when you hear that, just translate it in your brain to focus your mind because nobody Mm -hmm. is clearing their mind. Right. And like you were saying before with the anchor, I think you were talking about, Mm -hmm. and that teaches you. So the point of a lot of forms of meditation is to be able to bring yourself back to center, Mm -hmm. be able to handle your emotional energy. Yeah. So you can't clear your mind. So it's okay to let your mind go. But it's the practice of letting it go and then bringing it back in Mm -hmm. to center, whatever your anchor is. Like I was saying, mine was my breath or whatever. And then I come back to my breath. And then the more that I do that, the better I get at it. Mm -hmm. And the longer periods of time I can go with that clear mind and intention without my thoughts ruling me. Yeah. So it takes time with meditation, especially mindful meditation and the ones that you're you're not dancing and yeah. singing and playing the flute or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The more you practice it, it might be hard at first, but it starts to get easier. And those intrusive thoughts yeah. start to come less and less and less over a period of time. Yeah. So don't get frustrated if you try to meditate a couple of times and you're like, I can't do it. Yeah. And you're not broken and there's nothing wrong with yeah, you. Nobody can completely clear their mind. Yeah. Get out of that kind kind of mindset because it's too much pressure. Yeah. And that's where I've been. Yeah. You were afraid to meditate for a long time. Yeah. You had a lot of I can'ts. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it because of this, that, the other thing. I can't do it because I have ADHD. <laughs> yeah. No. How many times have I said yeah, that on lot. our podcast alone? Yeah. 
alone. Mm -hmm. You guys are on this journey with us and with me because until now I've been like, "Eh," you know. And some people are afraid of their own thoughts. Yeah. I have met people that need to have the TV on all the time or need to have people around them all the time. They can't even sleep without. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) They can't even sleep without having the TV on. And that's really not okay. Yeah. That is not good for you at all. Yeah. That's why different forms of meditation for people like that is really good. Yeah. It's healthy. Just don't get pigeon held to one type of meditation because there's so many different ones out there. Right. There's one right for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying I can't meditate, it's just you haven't found the right meditation technique yet. And there's a lot of them. And then it can change too. So you can start doing it one way. And then six months later, you're like, oh, I'm ready to do something different. Mm -hmm. You can start doing it a different way. Or you can mix and match them or however you want to do it. Right. You never know. So the person that said they couldn't meditate because yeah. of the voices end up in Tibet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, yeah. in a Buddhist temple. And they have places like that, too, that you can go. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go to Tibet or anything like that. They have usually locally meditation temples that you can go to and you can stay for a weekend or a week. And you eat what they eat and you do what they do. That's really And it's cool. almost like a forced way to learn how to meditate. Yeah. There's periods of time where you'll go like four or five hours and you're not allowed to get up at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's teaching you the entire time that you're there. You're like paying yeah. for it. I talked about this before. We went to a metaphysical fair and we went to see this medium that was speaking about her journey and stuff. And one thing that I took away from that is she said, you need to learn to be okay with being still. One thing that worked against her in her spiritual journey is that she was always busy, always working, always doing this, always Mm -hmm. had to do this. There's always chores to do. That's me, Mm 1000%. And she's like, you have to be okay with being still with your thoughts, not be still in your body. Mm-hmm. Literally taking that time for yourself because yeah. you are worth it. You can take 10 minutes yeah. a day, like picking the time too. So maybe you don't have time all day. Maybe you meditate at night before you go to yeah. bed or you meditate in the morning before everybody gets up in the morning. Maybe you're like me and does it in the middle of the afternoon, <laughs> you know? I do do um, it before bed because I used to be that person that had to have the TV on to go to sleep. And I'm with somebody now who absolutely cannot do that. And oh, so good. I do meditate when I'm trying to go to sleep. Oh, good. And that's when I am laying down in a dark room and I'm like, okay, well, here my environment is catering to being able to be still right. because right now I have to be still meditation helps me be still in that moment but there's so many different techniques and one thing that came up in my research was meditating with the elements which i found really cool did you ever go to bonfires growing up yes do you ever notice that everybody around the bonfire goes into a trance staring at the fire it's uncanny and even when i was little i used to look at that like this is something different Mm -hmm. everybody's staring at the fire everybody's watching it everybody's in a trance yep that's meditation Mm -hmm. and then if you're at home and you have a candle, you can oh, yeah. stare into the candle. I do candle meditation all the yes. time. Man, fire is so magical and powerful. And it does draw your attention. It's so. a man's attention, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> it's nurturing and destructive at the same time. Yeah. And I like to just go into my bedroom where it's pitch black and light a candle and stare into the flame for a while mm-hmm. and then close my eyes and let myself drift off into a meditative state. Oh, yeah. I really like doing that. And the flames, they have a light code within them. And even though you might not recognize the language that the fire is speaking, somewhere in your consciousness, you understand the language of fire. Yeah, because it's just 
a molecule and you're a molecule. It's all energy. Mm-hmm. We're all energy. It's all connected, all one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, and then fire dancers too. We touched on that earlier. When people watch them, it's like they're in a trance. If you go to Earth, we talk about grounding and how Earth has a circadian heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And so it's been scientifically proven that the Earth gives off a frequency that is called the heartbeat of Earth. And when your feet connect to it, it helps your entire body. Yeah. It's science has backed it up. Yeah. I talked about being in water and hearing my heartbeat and that being my anchor. Think about Earth having a heartbeat and anchoring to that. She definitely does. Yes. Yeah. And one of my guided meditations that I like to go through, she always talks about your feet having roots into the ground. Oh, yeah. So whenever I'm laying in bed, that's the first thing I think of is my feet rooting into the ground like mm-hmm. a tree. You can meditate with air. And when I thought about meditation with air, I thought about when we went to that sound bath and she had feathers and smoke. Incense. Yes. Mm-hmm. When I light incense or if I'm burning herbs, a lot of the times I like to look at the smoke. I'll take pictures and take videos and I send it to somebody. <laughs> I'll send it to her. Do you see that dragon? Right. <laughs> it's for people who are very visual, which I am. Mm-hmm. So we talked about meditating with colors, but you can meditate into the smoke because mm-hmm. that's a moving thing that and helps. And there's your... the scent there too. Yes. The all the senses. Yeah. Water, bodies of water, running water. We talked about hearing that because if you go get a massage they turn on waves and stuff for a reason because it helps your body relax and helps your mind relax water's a conduit you can get a bowl of water meditate with that next to you you can hear running water go to a river a waterfall the ocean anywhere your bathtub a hot tub anything you can watch running water waterfalls are beautiful they're very powerful a lot of times when I take a bath and I'm filling up the water, I'll just stare at the stream going down mm-hmm. and I'll find myself in a trance. I've done that actually at waterfalls before. I'm staring into the waterfall and fall into a trance. Yeah. Where I almost cannot take my eyes off. I'm hypnotized mm-hmm. or something like that. And I don't give it the credit it's due. That is meditation. Yes, it is meditation. I took a spiritual bath today and it was for self-love. And I was channeling Aphrodite. If you don't work with deities, then you can do it just for self-love. But I put a lot of oils and flowers and whatnot there. And as I was laying there and meditating, I found my hands clasped together like I was praying. And I'm not somebody who does that. Yeah, it's not a natural response for your hands to go in that. And the message I got through it by channeling Aphrodite, who I've never worked with before, but she's definitely been called to me. The message I got from her was how powerful our palms are. And it led me down this path in my mind where... When somebody's in church and they raise their hands up, they raise their palms up. Why do they do that? Mm -hmm. Or they lay hands on somebody for healing. You do energy work or Reiki. They work with energy Mm -hmm. with their palms. What I was being shown was when my palms were together because I was looking for self-love that I was Mm -hmm. putting that energy back into myself. I fucking love that. I I know. It felt beautiful and emotional all at the same time. It was put to you in a way that you would understand. Yeah. Because that was coming from yourself. Yeah. And that's one of the most beautiful things Mm -hmm. about meditation is you will most likely get messages. Yep. And they are coming from 
the deepest, most sacred parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gotten that message if I wasn't in a meditative state. But in the bath, I not only used herbs in my bath, but I also burned some herbs that would help you get into a meditative state. Today, we're drinking a tea that has herbs infused into it to help you get into a meditative state. What kind of herbs did you use? So for drinking what we're drinking now, these are just a couple that you can use if, if you're wanting to help get into a mindful meditation, a calm meditation where you don't want to dance or whatever. You can drink this in a tea. So chamomile, lavender, lemon balm, peppermint, basil, passion flower, valerian root, or green tea. You can use these and you can either smoke them or put them in a burn bowl like I do and have the smoke around you. Mugwort is a great one. I really like mugwort yeah. for meditation yeah. and astral projection yes. and dreams and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So mugwort is the biggest one that I can think of for me yeah. besides blue lotus flower. That's yep. Those are my two favorite and i found with like peppermint peppermint charges me up really so i would recommend testing different things out mm -hmm. individually oh yeah and seeing how they make you feel yeah mixing them together is amazing as well but yeah. you're kind of an herbalist you've been yeah. doing this for a long time <laughs> but for somebody more like me and i use a lot of herbs myself yeah. but i like to do them one at a time to kind of see how they're going to make me feel by themselves because everybody's different so mm -hmm. for you if you didn't tell me that you were really sensitive to caffeine i would be giving giving you ginseng root a lot right. <laughs> and you would be having a mm -hmm. horrible time. So everybody's different. Peppermint might work for you mm -hmm. to put you into a meditative state. It wouldn't do that for me. Yeah. Because I drink peppermint and I'm like all over the yeah. place. So she's into kind of dance like mode. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to exactly. dance on peppermint. <laughs> Mugwort and I would say blue lotus are my yeah. two favorite to use in drinking my tea for a meditative state or trying to reach like my higher self or whatever, mm -hmm. but you can also smoke them. Mugwort, when I smoke it, which I don't smoke herbs very often at all, but when I did, it does give you similar effects to cannabis. Or that's another herb if mm -hmm. you can and you want to. Cannabis. And even if you don't smoke it, you can burn it like an insect as yeah. well. You can smudge with it and mm -hmm. breathe little bits of it in and stuff like that. Yeah, You can absolutely. drink it. You yeah. can make it into a tea. That is true. Yeah. yeah. I've never tried that. I've heard of it. The oil out of it is what goes into edibles and whatnot. So mm -hmm. it would make sense. Yeah. You could also burn sage, chamomile, lavender. But this one threw me for a loop. So Damiana, I've always known as the aphrodisiac. Mm -hmm. supposed to get your engines revving very well. So I've always used that in my adult teas. I've never thought about burning it to put you in a meditative state. But it is actually acts as a mild euphoric when it is smoked. So that was really cool to find in oh, that's my pretty books. cool yeah well i put that I just put it in his spaghetti ladies yeah <laughs> it's a great herb it's a, it's a great herb it's yeah. multi-purpose right yeah i definitely did put that in the burn bowl when i was in the bath today so that was nice i have some of that at home i burned some tonight hell yeah i'm gonna send you home with that blend from earlier and see what you have i'll be ecstatic dancing yeah <laughs> yeah because it's that fucking peppermint right <laughs> It's like, how much Red Bulls do you have? Zero. <laughs> right. I just had some peppermint. <laughs> but meditation, I think, is a huge thing that everybody should be a part of. Like you said, teaching your kids and whatnot. It's rooted from Hinduism, Buddhism, and Taoism, but it's for everybody. There was a monk that stand before a crowd and he asked, can you see my hand? And he waved his hand in the air. He goes, can you hear my voice? And everyone's like, yes. And he goes, that's meditation. And I don't know why that just clicked with me so much. It really made me run through all the things I do in my day to day where I'm like, I don't give that enough credit 
like staring into a flame mm-hmm. or going hiking and, and seeing a waterfall. It's not just a beautiful memory. It's important for your mind, body and soul. Mm-hmm. And I think that meditation is just, it's the key to unlocking a lot of things. Right. And you can be in meditation doing the most ordinary thing. Yeah. Some people call it flow state. Mm-hmm. And it is a form of meditation. Could be washing the dishes. I was thinking of gardening. Gardening, doing yoga. So flow state, it's the experience of being so absorbed by engaging in an enjoyable task that you are completely held by it. And you lose sense of time and self-consciousness and anything that doesn't have to do with the actual task that you're doing. Yeah. And flow state, you feel like you could just keep doing what you're doing forever. Because it's like time doesn't exist. Everything kind of stands still mm-hmm. in your between worlds. So you just pick an activity that you like to do mm-hmm. and then you become immersed in it gardening or swimming or painting or yoga mm-hmm. or it's happened to me just doing dishes like mm-hmm. the bubbles and the sound of the water and the warmth and I just get caught up in it mm-hmm. and I end up in flow state and it usually takes like anywhere between five and 15 minutes to get to that flow state mm-hmm. but that's meditation yeah when I'm so in the anybody bath, that's saying they yeah. can't meditate you can fucking meditate you do meditate you, can you just med- don't realize exactly it. And you got to tap into what you're already doing Mm -hmm. to make that muscle stronger. Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. So that wraps up our episode on breath work and meditation. And as always, remember to keep your minds open. Namaste.